the book of Revelation chapter number 7 starting with verse number 9 I come with an assignment tonight I'm gonna preach a little bit about heaven tonight and uh, you know I was gonna preach about heaven Sunday night but heaven came down in this place so I went back to the drawing board and added another hour on my message <laughs> I'm just kidding but even today as I locked up and prayed and opened up the word the Lord began to speak and I believe that the Lord is going to help somebody in this house realize who you are I believe that tonight God's going to convince somebody that all that trouble that you're dealing with It ain't that much trouble anyway. Revelation chapter number 7, starting with verse number 9. This is John speaking. He says, after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. Somebody say a great multitude. Of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne. That is one throne. And before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God saying, Amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered saying unto me, what are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? Who are they? And where did they come from, he said. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. He didn't say these are they which come out of the great tribulation. He says these are they which come out of great tribulation. You look up that word right there, it translates to trouble. And have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto the living water, uh, living fount fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. John said in Revelation 7 and 9 that he saw a great multitude. I want to preach to you a little bit about the great multitude tonight. The great multitude. Let's lift up our hands and let our voice out to the Lord. 
Come on, let's praise him in this house. God, we love you. I pray, God, that you would help me to help somebody in this place tonight. God, there's somebody, God, in this place that needs you. There's somebody in this place, God, that needs you tonight. Break through in their world. Come on, let's clap our hands and love him right now. You can be seated across the room here tonight. The book of Revelation, it begins with the most, or the, it begins with the five most powerful words in the universe, and that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. A man whom we know as John the Revelator has been banished to, to the island called Patmos, and it is here that he presses his way into the spirit and it is here that he begins to hear from god john writes the book we know as the book of revelation under the inspiration of the holy ghost in the spirit god allows him to see the future god allows john to travel through time through the eyes of the spirit he sees far beyond his lifetime in one sitting john sees more world time frames than any historian could ever picture or dig up god would show john great wars god would show John the rise and fall of many great armies, many great nations, leaders, and empires. John is in the spirit on the Lord's day. And God takes the visions a step further and allows John to see past future events in time. And God takes John and allows John to get a glimpse of eternity. Everything that God put in his word, it's very important and there is a reason for it. God could have showed John anything that day. But in Revelation chapter number 7, John speaks, John writes to us, and he says that when, when he saw heaven, when he got a glimpse of eternity, time was long gone. And when he gets a glimpse of eternity, that he sees a great multitude of people that are there and before I go any further tonight I've got to say this I have made up my mind that I am going to be a part of that great multitude that John saw. Money don't matter. Sizes of houses don't matter. Prestige and fame, it does not matter. But I want to tell you there's one group called the Church of the Living God. My goodness, I feel a mighty anointing in this place. Place tonight there is one group all that scripture labels as a great multitude that I've come to preach about here tonight that I have made up my mind I don't care what I gotta go through I don't care who doesn't like it I 
don't care who disagrees. I'm going to be a part of the great multitude that John saw that day. Everything that we do here, oh, when it all comes to a head, it's going to be about being a part of the group that I'm preaching about here tonight. And that is that multitude we know as the church of the living God. I believe that somewhere as John scanned that crowd, maybe we didn't lock eyes. Maybe he could not recognize me individually because of the size of that crowd. But somewhere through the scanning of that great multitude of people, I believe that he saw me. I believe that he saw my wife. I believe that he saw my three babies. I believe he... I believe that he saw my wife holding the baby that we never got to meet. I believe that God, oh, I believe that John saw my family there. I believe John saw the fish family somewhere in the midst of that heavenly place. I've got to preach to you tonight and tell you there is a meeting that is going to blow our minds. There is a meeting in the sky. It's going to be greater than anything we've ever seen or known. Revelation 7 and 9 speaks of a innumerable multitude he said it was a multitude oh that it was so great no man could number them oh I've got to tell you Abraham Isaac Jacob and Moses will be there that great psalmist and dancer we know and preach about known as David will be there Elijah and Elisha Ezekiel and Ezra and all the prophets will be there Peter James and John and the apostles will be there. Great men that have preached this gospel that have went on before us. Great prayer warriors that have prayed in this building and went on before us. They will be there. Elders from this church who has passed on the glory. They will be there but they will not be like you remember them. They will not be tired. They will not be weak. They will not be feeble like they were in their last days but their body and their shout it will be strong and full of fire in that land where the lamb is the light I've got to tell you today all of these that I've named will be there and we could stop and number them but I have to tell you that there will be so many more that we cannot number. John said, I looked over that crowd and it was so great that I couldn't even put an estimate on how big this church was. I could not even put an estimate of that heavenly multitude and all that it consisted of. John said, this multitude is so great that no man, it doesn't matter how good of an estimator they are, no 
man can number this crowd let me stop here and say don't you let the devil tell you that you are alone don't you tell the devil that you're the only one going through what you're going through honey I've got to tell you we're a part of something that's bigger than the devil we're a part of something that's bigger the devil he'd have the audacity to tell you that nobody knows what you're dealing with you're all by yourself hey honey I'm not by myself I'm part of a great multitude I'm a part of something bigger than what's around me I'm a part of something greater bigger stronger than the issues that I'm dealing with in my life I've got to tell you today it was a multitude that no man could number and as John looked, the number of people was, the number of people was one of the things that he could not grasp. But there were some other things that he saw and makes completely clear to us. And one of those things that, that I must preach about is where he says that this great multitude was of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues scripture says that there were people from every single nation of the world there were people from every language of the world let me tell you racism will not exist in heaven I'm glad to be in a multicultural church tonight. Hey, let me tell you racism it won't work in heaven it won't exist in heaven Racism will not be there. And if you've got racism in your spirit, you won't be there either. I've got to tell you tonight, this is a oh, this is a church. This is a church. Hey, let me tell you who we are. We're so many. We can't be numbered. Let me tell you who we are. There's no prejudice here. There's no racism here. Hey, I want to tell you, people from different continents and different languages they're gonna join hands and begin to dance before the throne I've got to preach today about heaven John said that they all stood before the throne that day. They stood before one throne. There wasn't three thrones. There wasn't multiple thrones. But there was one throne and one that sat upon that throne. And the Bible says that they stood before the throne. And John goes on and says that this multitude was clothed with white robes. I'll address those white robes here in a minute. But I, I want to go on. He said that this multitude was clothed with white robes. But we see, oh, at the end, we see at the end of the night, verse it, it said that this multitude every single one of them not just some of them not just a section of them but everybody that was there they were clothed in white robes and had palms in their hands somebody say palm branches 
It is in Leviticus 23 and 40 that the Lord told the children of Israel that palm branches would be used for seven days of rejoicing. And again in Matthew 21 and 8, we see as Jesus rides into Jerusalem, the multitudes cut down the branches from the palm trees as they rejoice and cry Hosanna in the highest. The rejoicing was so great that verse 10 states that the whole city was moved and begin to question who it, who it was that had just arrived. John said that the great multitude that I'm preaching about tonight, all oh, that great multitude that he saw consisted of radical rejoicers. Oh, I don't know about, oh, people say, oh, I don't know about all this radical worship. I don't know about waving your hands like that. I don't know about getting out in the, in, out of, outside the pew like that. Honey, I want to tell you, John said, when I looked at that church, there wasn't a one of them that wasn't moving. When I looked at that church, they had palms in their hands, and they were worshiping, and they were praising before the Lord. Hey, I want to tell you, this isn't a this isn't a thing where some of us worship and we carry the rest of everybody else, honey. Everybody in heaven will be a praiser. Everybody in heaven, they'll be rejoicers. They'll have palm branches in their hands. God have mercy. I wish somebody would just identify yourself as the church here tonight. Oh, come on right now. You ought to give him a wave offering. You ought to wave them hands before him. There will be no Pentecostal lazy boys in heaven. There will, not, there will be no Pentecostal easy chairs in heaven, but I'll tell you who's going. John said, I looked at that multitude. He said, I saw their robes. He said, but I couldn't get my eyes off of their praise. They were not afraid to rejoice. They were not afraid to worship the Lord. Hey, and I gotta go a step farther. It's in verse 10 that he said that these ones that had the palms in their hands, he said, and cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. What am I saying? John said nobody was quiet over there. <laughs> You're going to offend somebody. You're going to make somebody uncomfortable. Hey, let me tell you, nobody's going to be uncomfortable with loud over there. I'll tell you why. Because nobody that's quiet, nobody that's quiet in their praise, 
nobody that's quiet in their worship will be over there I want to tell you John said I looked and it wasn't a laid-back church I looked in it oh I looked and it wasn't a reserved church I looked and it wasn't a church that was kicked back watching everybody else do something he said oh but what I saw was palms and what I heard oh was a loud voice I want to tell you if you're going to be a part of the great multitude you got to make up your mind I will be a praiser I will be the praiser I'm not just going to talk about having the victory but I'm going to sound like I have the victory I'm not just going to talk about having the victory but I'm going to act like I have the victory hey we're a part of something it's not laid back it's not stoic but what we are a part of it's thriving it's alive it's not afraid to lift its voice you know what it's time for some of us to do to find your voice it's time for some of us to find our voice Woo. I'm preaching to somebody you've been coming around here you've been coming around here doing every, you, everything you can to live for God come on sometimes you've got to lift up your voice louder than what the devil's trying to tell you sometimes you got to say devil you've been in my head so long but I'm about to scream until victory falls down in my world there's a young person in this place you've listened to your mama scream you've listened to your daddy lift his voice but I want to tell you you got to quit worrying about what you sound like and you got to start worrying about who you're talking to and when you realize who you're talking to you can't get loud enough when you realize who you're talking about you cannot get loud enough I wish someone would shout in this place right now. Come on, find your voice, close your eyes, lift your hands, and find your voice. I've been so silent, I've been so laid back, I've been so reserved. No, find your shout. say we're a part of the great multitude I'm a part of something bigger and you ought to praise him right now come on clap your hands and love it Woo! I feel victory in this house Then it says, after the loud voice of the people goes out, the Bible says, and all the angels stood. Woo! 
Somebody said, Woo! <laughs> All the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. Man, I know that angels follow the voice of the Lord. But what I find powerful in this scripture is this is an example of angels following the voice of the church. Because we see in verse 10 that we begin to cry. And then in verse, verse 11, the angel said, okay, if they start doing something, we're going to start doing something too. And oh... I want to tell you there's a principle here. We know that, that heaven's going to be a supernatural place. But I just want to show you. I saw this today while reading in scripture. I just want to show you the effects of your voice. I want to show you the effects of when you lift your voice. Hey, when the church begins to lift up their voice, angels begin to move. When the church begins to lift up their voice and say, Holy is the Lord! All of a sudden, angels angels stand at attention the Bible said that angels stood up in heaven when the church began to cry but all of a sudden in the midst of all this all these voices that are speaking up there's another voice that comes out the crowd I don't know how it went but when I read it I kind of just when I read it to me I always try to put myself in the story when I'm reading it. And when I read it, if I'm John, it almost looks like it's, the Bible says, and one of the elders answered saying unto me, what, all of a sudden, one of these elders come up and asks John two questions. He says, what are these which are arrayed in white robes? He said, who are they? And he said, and whence came they? Where'd they come from? And I like what John says in Revelation 7 and 14. It says, and I said unto him, sir, thou knowest. Okay. Hey, man, I just got here. <laughs> you ever had an elder ask you a question that they knew the answer to and you didn't? And they asked you the question so they could give you the answer? Well, that's kind of what happened here. <laughs> he... Gives, them a, gives him a question so that he could give the answer. And he says, sir, thou knowest. And the scripture says, and he said unto me, these are they which came out of great tribulation. Again, I'm not here to mess with anybody's theology. But here in the scripture, he says, these are they which came out of great tribulation, not out of the great tribulation. And when we look here, he says, they came out of great tribulation. And I look at this scripture and it does something to me because as I look here in this story, when you see the word tribulation, you've got to understand when you look up that word tribulation, when you put a search on it, when you pull out that big old Strong's Concordance that none of us look at anymore, and we begin to pull a word search on it, you understand that tribulation here means pressure, affliction, anguish, and trouble. 
Job 14 and 1 says, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Does anybody know about trouble in here today? I'm talking about trouble now, trouble in the family. Oh, I'm not here to look uh, to talk about all the bad things uh, that happened last year, but I can look and I can see trouble in the family. I can I can look back on my life and see trouble in finances or trouble in body. I, I, I've got to talk a little bit about trouble here tonight because uh, when you look at the scripture, the elder looked uh, and he says, uh, he says, every member here, John, every single one of this great multitude, uh, they have went through uh, tribulation. Uh, everyone, this uh, this whole multitude, uh, this whole great big church uh, that we can't even put a number on, uh, this whole great big church, uh, this whole great big multitude, uh, every one of them, uh, they have went through uh, great tribulation. Uh, everyone that John saw that day in heaven uh, had been through trouble. Uh, and according to this scripture, uh, there is not a great multitude without great tribulation. This is very important to every one of us here tonight because the devil will tell you and tell me that because you or I have had trouble in our lives that you are not a part of the church. The devil will say, your adversary will attempt to convince you that because the trouble is great and because the pressure is great that something's just not right in your world. I have to tell you to the, all those that are here tonight, oh, anybody that will be included in the number that cannot be numbered will have trouble at some point in their life. The elders said John everyone here they've been through great trouble Lord have mercy somebody ought to say Lord thank you for the trouble why do I thank him for the trouble because I want to tell you trouble does not disqualify me from heaven trouble does not disqualify me from glory but the elder looked and said John everybody here has been through trouble at one point in their life Everybody here has been through trouble. I've got to tell you, oh, somebody that's in trouble here tonight, ah, if you haven't questioned yourself, everybody in this place, you've looked and said, God, what's wrong with me right now? I got all this trouble in my life. What's wrong with me? I got all these problems in my life. I'm supposed to be a part of the church. How in the world, if I'm a part of this thing that's going to glory, how can I have trouble in my life? Hey, I've got to tell you, every part of every one of the great multitude members are going to have great trouble somewhere in your world. So what I'm going to say is you got to learn to thank God for the trouble sometimes. Thank God for my trouble because heaven's waiting on me. If I have no trouble, there's no heaven for me because everybody that the elders saw, he said there's trouble in their world. Thank God for the pain because heaven
heaven is waiting on me. Thank God for trial and tribulation. Thank God for broken hearts. Thank God for storms that are raging in my life. Oh, because I can't make it to heaven without some trouble in my world. Trouble don't disqualify you. This is my message tonight. The problems in your life does not disqualify you. Paul spoke of a church that dealt with trouble. Paul spoke of a church that dealt with trouble but was, but was sure of a few things when he said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We, somebody say we. He said, we are troubled. Who's that we? That is the church. We, that is the church of the living God. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Oh, he went on to say, we are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. He said, all the trouble in the world can't destroy what God is doing in me. All the trouble in the world can't stop me from my journey to glory. All the trouble in the world, it cannot disqualify you. Sin will disqualify you, but trouble will not. Sin will disqualify you, but issues will not. Pressures will not. Somebody's gotta stand up and say, God, I may be going through something, oh, but somewhere I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it to another world I'm gonna make it to another land I want to tell you that there's power connected to trouble there is power connected to trouble Paul wrote about tribulation again in Romans 8 and 35 he said who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress, or persecutions, or famines, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. He talks about everything that could happen in your world. He said in verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But in verse 37, he says nay. Somebody say no. no. In all these things. Not when these things are over. Not after the trouble. As soon as I get my right mind together. As soon as the pressure goes off. As soon as the trouble stops in my life. No, 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 no. He didn't say that. He mentioned tribulation and distress. He mentions peril and sword and persecution, famine and nakedness. And he said in verse 37, somehow in the midst of tribulation, somehow in the midst of distress and persecution, he said we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What does that mean? 
mean hey that's not when tribulation is over but when trouble has broken forth in all of my life there is a power that I can tap into in that very moment when trouble has broken out and hurt has broken out and the devil's on my trail and I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet and my mind all I can do is fret all I can do is hurt honey I want to tell you you better lift your hands because there is a power that God has for you that can only come through tribulations so these are the ones which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb he says John let me tell you their robes weren't always white their robes they weren't always I know you can't even count the, the, the number of people that's here hey listen there's stadiums that seat 100,000 people 150,000 people 200,000 people and people can look at them and say I believe there's 200,000 people here but I'm telling you, I can't get away from the crowd that can't be numbered. <laughs> John said, I couldn't put 100,000 on it. I couldn't estimate two. Hey, I want to tell you, God's church is so big. God's church is so great. God's church is so powerful. But one thing, we are, two things we got to know about that church, and that is every single one of them that is a part of that multitude, they've had some kind of trouble in their life at one time or another. And the second thing we've got to understand is when the elder looked and said, I saw it as they took them, as they took them, them dirty robes, and they were dipped in the blood of the lamb them robes they were messed up they were ugly they had spots and stains and dirt all over them but when the blood came upon them robes something happened everything was changed everything all the oh some of them came dragging in here they had been in battle they had been in war some of them they were a mess oh but when the blood got on them it made them white as snow I've come to tell you that the blood of Jesus cleanse his church. That's what Paul was saying in Galatians 3.27 when he said, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So let me tell you, what John saw when he looked at that multitude of white robes. What were they wearing? Christ. Christ. They had put on Christ. How did they do it? For as many of you 
have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. I want to tell you, baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is how you get a white robe. He would, Paul would go on in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 to say, therefore, if any man be in Christ, how do you get in Christ? You put on Christ. How do I get it? How do I get in a jacket? I put on the jacket. How do you get in Christ? You get in the water. You get in the water. He said, for as many of you, oh, he said, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ that put on Christ. And then he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Not old robes, new robes. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Old robes, dirty robes, but Christ. Murderers, idolaters, fornicators, drunkards, but Christ. I'm preaching about a group that we are a part of and that is the multitude. The great multitude, but I've got to tell you in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 that Paul does not pull any punches. He says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This big kingdom I'm talking about in heaven and glory and all that stuff. He said, You're not going to inherit it. Watch this. He said, Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then he makes the statement, and such were some of you. <laughs> he said, we have some ex-drunkards among us, he said, we have some ex-murderers among us. We have some ex-thieves among us. He said, such were some of you. That's who you used to be. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. It's been a while since I really got to pull for somebody. So I'm reaching in this crowd right now. Paul looked at a group that it was, he looked at a group that was full of every sin there was. He said, I know who you used to be, but God doesn't anymore. I know who you used to be, but God's done forgot that old drunkard you used to be. Why? Because when he looks at you, he sees the blood. He can't get his eyes off the blood. 
because everything you used to be is under the blood. You've been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified one way and one way alone, and that's by baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he said, and by the Spirit of our God, you know what that is? Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. There it is, water and Spirit. Oh, except a man be born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom. Hey, I've got to tell you, we are sanctified. We are justified. We are washed one way and one way alone. And that is by the blood of the Lamb and by the Spirit of our God. Come on, I want you to stand and lift up your hands across this room right now and begin to talk to the Lord. Some of us, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to look forward to. Why? Oh, because the Lord, he washed away every stain. When I was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, who I used to be was washed away. When I was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, who I was, it went away you lift your hands close your eyes and I want you to begin to talk to the Lord there's somebody in this place you know what it's like to feel trouble you know what it's like to feel the lies of the adversary and I've come to preach to somebody right now and tell you trouble doesn't disqualify you from the kingdom of God oh it doesn't disqualify you oh from the kingdom of God you've got blood on your life keep on fighting you got blood on your life keep on reaching keep on loving somebody lift up your hands and talk to the Lord in this place right now if you're in this room and you're looking forward to glory you ought to lift up them hands and get out of your seat tonight and come around this front and say God oh I'm not going to let the adversary talk me out of victory I'm not going to let the adversary talk me out of what you've done I'm not going to let the adversary talk me out of the glory that's ahead of me come on let's all get out of our seat let's come to this front right now come on everybody let's get out of our pews somebody in this room you know what it's like to be struggling you know what it's like to feel like you can barely make it I've come to tell you trouble doesn't disqualify you once you lift that trouble up to the Lord why don't you lift that trouble up to the Lord here tonight Come on, get in your hands, throw it up to the Lord. Lift that trouble up to the Lord. Oh God, I need you tonight. God, I made up my mind. I'm not turning back. I'm not turning around. I'm not going the other direction. I'm a part of something bigger. I'm a part of something greater. And that is a great multitude. That is a great multitude of believers. Come on, lay your hand on your neighbor right now. Come on, let's pray strength in every single person. Somebody in this place in the midst of victory chants, in the midst of singing about victory. Some of you, you've heard the lies of the adversary and your trouble's been magnified in your eyes. Your trouble's been magnified before your eyes. You gotta make up your mind, I'm not gonna stop. 
I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on reaching. I'm going to keep on living for God. I'm going to keep on. Come on. Pray strengthen your brother. We are a part of something bigger than ourselves. We are a part of a great multitude. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Singers, come on. We're going to sing to the Lord. Come on, brother. Lift your voice to the Lord. Come on, lift that head up to the Lord. Come on, open that mouth. Come on, he wants to hear it all. Come on, that's it. God, I want to enter into the multitude tonight. Come on, that's it, that's it. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. Come on, we got people praying across this room. Grab somebody by the hand and pray in this room right now. doing something in this place come on we got saints we got visitors we got guests praying come on join with somebody join with somebody I know you got trouble in your life but God wants to make you a part of the multitude tonight you may got trouble in your life but God wants to save you tonight God wants to put blood on you tonight. He all over your shakaye. He ashokotoyebahaye. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Come on, cry out. Your shatayebahaye. Ramdoyebayashakatayebahaye. Come on, find somebody to join with. God's doing something. Let's press a little while, church. Let's press here right now. I believe God's given strength to somebody.
let's pray. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this sanctuary. In the name of Jesus. Pull me out of the chair. 